Hello, everyone. Welcome to Quantum Catechesis. I'm Father Joe Krupp, and you are not in today. Today, today, it's Wednesday. And you might be thinking, wait a minute, it's Thursday. For you, it's Thursday. But I, who have been endowed with time travel capabilities, am talking to you on Wednesday. Why? Well, because today I do, I'm going to my uncle's funeral. So a uh, couple things. Uh, your gift to me, if you would, is to ask you to pray for my Uncle Dan and for all his wonderful family. And my gift to you is to play for you uh, what I think is just a wonderful interview. Uh, and it's a replay. Some of you have seen this before. But it's our time with Coach Mark D'Antonio, the winningest football coach in the history of Michigan State football, and a good friend and a faithful man. Uh, I am proud to call him my friend. And for those of you who haven't seen this interview before, I'm so excited that you get to see the guy uh, who uh, has certainly made my life better. So kick back, relax, and enjoy this interview with Coach Mark D'Antonio, the retired coach of Michigan State football. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Quantum Catechesis. And you're not and we're excited today to have Coach D'Antonio with us from uh, MSU Football. Uh, so you can see, uh, oh, can we get a beard flick, Carrie? Can we get a beard flick? Ready? Tell me when. Yeah. I gotta do something because right now it's actually interrupting me when I'm preaching at Mass. It has developed a personality and a soul. We baptized it, it didn't take. That's a lot of announcements. Did you ever have to suffer through that many before? No, just once. Just once. <laughs> okay. So now, who's this guy? Okay. First, I got to tell you, for those of you who uh, know MSU, I don't have to say much, right? But check this out. Here's some stuff I typed up. And I think you hate this, and I'm sorry. The winningest coach in MSU football history. School record four straight bowl wins. First 13-win season in MSU football history. The first coach in Big Ten history to achieve 11 wins in five out of six seasons. It would kill a mortal. The first college football playoff in MSU history. 2010 Big Ten Championship, Big Ten Coach of the Year. 2011 Big Ten Division Champs. 2013 Big Ten Champs, Big Ten Coach of the Year. 2014 Rose Bowl. 2015 Big Ten Champs, Big Ten East Division. Eight wins. This is my favorite stat in 13 years against some school in Ann Arbor. I couldn't find out who, but you have eight wins. And so this is Coach Mark D'Antonio, recently retired of MSU football. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. And, Thank you. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually am. Well, First time I've been interviewed really uh, since I retired, so you yeah. know, but kept a little profile. Yeah. Well, it, it's great to have you here. And and part of my goal, Mark, you're why I love MSU, right? I graduated from a school in Ann Arbor. I can't recall uh, the name. And after uh, seeing this guy, and I, I just quit, I, I had to become an MSU fan, and I've never looked back. And I don't want to claim responsibility for six of those eight wins against U of M. Yeah. But well, you can. Yeah, it was me. Uh, it was a risk game. I play with some nieces and nephews, and uh, frankly, it was all me. And uh, you know, it was good that you were there. And I'm sure your coaching had—I don't know—something to do with that. But uh, <laughs> so, what our goal, what my goal is, is for people to uh, get to know you a little better. So we're calling the segment "Everything But Football." Okay. Right. 
And so I got lots of questions for God's people to get to know you. Uh, and if you're ready, we're going to dive in. Well, first of all, I just uh -oh. think everybody needs to know that uh, how I came to know you. Okay. And a little bit about you in, in regards to our program and, and my family and my program um, as, a, as, a, as a father, as a, as a grandfather, etc. So I first got to know Father Joe when he was at uh, Lansing Catholic and my girls were going to school there. and. Uh, he had such a big impact on them and so many other people there. He later um, came involved with St. John's and uh, really was um, did a lot of our chapels, very much involved with our players, come to practices, and so I got to know him in that respect. And then, as many coaches do and many priests do, they move different parishes and things of that nature. So we've stayed in touch over the course of time, and um, you know I appreciate you, uh, you know. Burying my father, 2011, being part of that, traveling to Zanesville, Ohio, along with Father Jake yeah. at the time. And then um, being a part of my uh, daughter's wedding, yep. officiating my daughter's wedding and, and marrying them. Yeah. Hope you liked the party. I did. <laughs> and, uh, and then finally, uh, you know, today actually uh, coming here and, uh, and baptizing my granddaughter in, yeah. in Charlotte, and that was very, very special. So, been a big part of our lives, and um, cool. will remain that um, throughout my life, and and probably throughout Charlotte's, Charlotte's yeah. life, and Kristen and Lauren's life, my two daughters. So, oh, I appreciate you. all that you've done for us, and in the name of the Lord and uh, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if you remember, you were with me when we gave last rites to Uncle Jake uh, yes. the first time, and of course yeah. he rallied. Because yes. it was Jake. Yeah. yeah. It, it, uh, we gave him last rites in the hospital after, I think that was after a car accident. Yes, it was after his car accident. Mm -hmm. And uh, my God, I remember us in the car and just, what are we going to do without Uncle Jake? And then a year later, he was back on the football field. Yeah. Uh, my God. It yeah. would have killed a mortal to be Jake Folio. Yeah. Yeah. So we've but, had some special times together. Yeah. And I really appreciate what you've done for our family. Oh, I love it, and I, I appreciate And our football program, too. I mean, so many of our players, I think one thing that was unique about, uh, I don't know if it's unique, but in our program, you had different ways to turn. Um, if you if you felt the need spiritually to get involved, there was certainly that avenue, and, and uh, whether you were Catholic or Lutheran or Baptist or whatever, but we all had, they all had somebody to go to. There were various yeah. different people to go to. You know, we had athletes in action people, Phil Gillespie and his group, and so many other people, but uh, I think it was very positive for our young people and uh, it helped in their growth and uh, they always had some place to turn if they had that need. Yeah, and that was what to me was part of your success was you under you intuitively understood, it seemed to me, that every young man that God gave you to care for was a body and a soul, you know? Um, and I, I think that's an easy thing to miss. I do, uh, particularly if we get too utilitarian uh, in our view of humans, and you, uh, to me, and I, I've said this, anyone who's asked, I'm like, he cares about their soul, and and I love that, I do, I think they're used to getting used. Mm. Well, thanks, but it's, uh, it was an incredible 13 years, and uh, I know uh, there were so many things that uh, that go unexplained in that, in that 13 years that I think God's hand was on the program. Me too, especially the Notre Dame thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> you know, I can tell you this now. I don't think I ever told you. Do you know on that play Conway broke almost my foot? Almost killed me. Huh? Go ahead. Yeah, I did. I know. <laughs> Do you know on that play Conway almost broke my foot? 
Do you remember him? Big, big yeah. old lineman. Yeah, Henry Cunningham. Uh, he, he grabbed me, and he kind of jumped. And I didn't have the heart to tell him. He was such a tender-hearted young man. Yeah. Uh, but his 9,000 pounds. Yeah, I think he was 6'6", six, six, about two, three, yeah. three, six, 320. Yeah, and his shadow weighed 8 pounds, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, when he jumped, his cleats and his whole body came down on this foot, and I broke every toe. And I was so happy I didn't care. I mean, it hurt, but I was like, eh, my knee hurts. I don't know. I just thought it was another thing. And it was, uh, I was walking home. I walked back to Thomas that night. And about halfway through, I'm like, man, my feet hurt. And yeah, he broke my toes. And it's, yeah, true story. <laughs> he was such a tender-hearted yeah. kid, I couldn't tell him. <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, with that th introduction, thank sure. you, Mark. Um, let me ask you, can you tell me about your family? Well, you know, I grew up in Zane. We actually was born in El Paso, Texas. But mm -hmm. I grew up in Zanesville, Ohio, St. Nicholas Church, a product of uh, public school education. My dad was in the, in the public school system. And uh, uh, we went to St. Nicholas, though, and I went through the catechism <coughs> on Sundays and things of that nature. But I have uh, three brothers, one right after each other, really, until my youngest is five years younger. But there's my oldest and me, one year exactly to the date. Nice. Um, behind him and then another one a year apart as well so um, you know it was a family of boys and my my dad was a coach and a teacher and then became an administrator and later on after I'd gone up left high school uh, he became a principal but he was an administrator vice principal and guidance counselor along the way and history teacher and coach and, oh, cool. and uh, you know we had a we had a a great upbringing. Sometimes my wife says, "Hey, you see things through through rose color color glasses a little bit." Yeah. But, but um, I just always remember my my life. You know, Lord was always pretty much in the picture. Yeah. Always. But uh, <coughs> I played a lot of sports, and uh, you know, just had you know did a lot of work around the house. It seems like. But, yeah. Uh, you know, sort of covered all the bases. A lot of scrapping. A lot of scrapping. <laughs> A lot four, of scrapping. Four Italian boys. Yeah. And scrapping. mom was Polish. My mom was Polish. Yeah. yeah. So my dad 100% Italian and mom 100% of Polish. That's cool. And my dad was from Pittsburgh and my mom was from Wisconsin and they met in El Paso. That's crazy. My mom tells a story that, uh, she tells a story that my dad asked her to marry him at a bullfight. <laughs> and uh, something about she said she heard Olay and he thought she said okay and they got married. <laughs> nice. That's fantastic. <laughs> and it worked out pretty good. It worked out okay. We were married over 50, 60 years. My, my dad passed in 11, my mom passed at age 90 in uh, 2019. Yep. Oh, so. bless her. Let's sir. And uh, so, oh, I already, you already answered the stuff you like. Uh, so when you were, when, did you know like when you were a kid that you were going to be a football coach someday or? Well, you know, I started playing, this is my first year not involved in August football since I was in second grade. Isn't that crazy? And I'm 64 years old, so yeah. I can do the math, but uh, I didn't know that, you know, I wanted to be a pro basketball player like everybody. <laughs> so, you know, played a lot of basketball and, um, you know, different sports as I grew up and uh, and I finally figured out that I wasn't going to do that yeah <laughs> and so um, it was it know, was just the height right yeah it's the height or, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I started thinking about coaching when I 
when I uh, was a senior in high school probably and I didn't know what else I wanted to do and I thought the coaches who came to recruit me were had a good job and you know I didn't know they worked all those hours but I thought, started thinking about it and then as I got went to college and I played at the University of South Carolina and as I went to college I respected the guy who coached me and you probably met him coach Evans yeah Dale sure. Evans who would come to uh, to yeah. a game once a year for 13 years well for until through through the Rose Bowl time I was think. your coach he was my coach oh my gosh I never knew the <clears throat> my connection. secondary coach at South Carolina and he would come and be a part of uh, things got to know everybody at in our program much like you did yeah <clears throat> so excuse me so um, at that point in time I uh, I started thinking yeah I would want to do this and I didn't really understand how long that road was yeah it uh, you know coaching high school for a year um, graduate assistant got my master's <clears throat> for another year made $300 a month worked for the environmental science department and they gave the graduate assistantship to football and so I'd go around and test people's urine and, and uh, uh, you know, swipe chemistry labs and inspections of dorms and things of that nature, my 20 hours a week, you know, yeah. during the off season. And from there I went to Purdue and, um, you know, they call them part-timers back then. You work full-time, but you got part-time pay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I went from there to a junior college in Kansas the next year, Butler Junior College. And, Know, once a grizzly, always a grizzly. Oh yeah, yeah. So oh, you were grizzly. That's what they always say. But uh, <laughs> uh, then from there, I went to um, Ohio State University as a graduate assistant. So for five years, you know, I sort of toiled as a graduate assistant oh, through yeah. this through this process. I was there for '83 and '84 mm -hmm. before getting a job at Akron. Uh, I remember we went eight and three, and they fired the head coach or reassigned him. At eight and three. At eight and three, because Ooh. they had Jerry Faust coming to the University of Akron from Notre oh, Dame. Okay, okay. So I left there. I went to Youngstown State with Jim Trestle and was yeah. there for five, five, five years, and then uh, Kansas for four, then Michigan State for six with Nick Saban, and then back to Ohio State with Jim Trestle for three, where I was the defensive coordinator. And and um, along the way, Pastor uh, George Cooper, who was um, former player at Michigan State. Um, would always when he did a chapel for us on game day, and he he actually um, would say to our players, "Hey, ask God for three things. Write them down, and you know, watch them fall. Watch it happen." And you know, like all good Catholics, I didn't do that for about two or three months. <laughs> and so I, he would stick his head in my office and said, "Hey, did you write that down yet?" And this is why I was an assistant at uh, Michigan State. And, uh, Finally, I did, and and uh, had two of them, and the third one is to give me more authority on more more of his people to impact more people. Yeah. And about two weeks later, I was offered the job at Ohio State. Wow. And uh, where I became the defensive coordinator, we won a national championship, etc. And then on to Cincinnati as a head coach, and then yeah. Michigan State as a head coach for 13 years. So oh my God. that's sort of my my occupational lifeline. Yeah. But uh, a lot of twists and turns in there, but. Uh, you know, this first year I've not coached for 41 years, Man, that's but so it's been okay. Yeah, it's yeah. been okay. Are you are you enjoying it right now, or are you still settling in, or what? what we it got? takes a little bit of time to settle because it's different, and it's yes. been a unique year where you had to detach yourself. Um, it was sort of like everybody just what they were doing, everything because the pandemic was sort of just shut down. So 
I thought I would be able to gradually step away a little bit in the sense that maybe go to watch a practice or yeah. go watch a scrimmage or something of that nature and maybe go have dinner with some players or something like that. But I haven't been able to do that. But uh, but I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. I you know prayed a lot about our decision and uh, and it, it was time. You know, and I, I I think as a head football coach and probably in many professions you have to have a vision. Even though you know you you currently are so vested in the present. Yes. You have to have a vision for three to four or five years down the line, and yeah. it was very becoming very difficult at, at 64 years of age to say, "Hey, I'm going to be coaching at 70." Yeah. And uh, you know, I was down in Georgia, and I think it was January. I'm riding around. I said, "Pair Brian," I said, "When did he retire?" Let's see. <laughs> well, he retired at age 70. No kidding. He passed away at 71, and that immediately set me thinking. Yeah. And want to have a little free time. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I, uh, you know, it's never easy. There are a lot of reasons to stay. There's a lot of reasons to go. But my, my family had a lot of sacrifices through this. Yeah. Uh, my daughters, and my and my wife especially, and and so you know there were a lot of things that I had to think about in, in terms of of my time with them now. So, you know, made that tough choice and uh, and retired in February. Yeah. After a lot of a lot of sleepless nights thinking about it, a lot of prayer. I know. Yeah, because you don't really, you know, the, you want to make sure that you're you're with our players, and you don't. It's just there's inevitably always a time when you need to step away. Yeah. And uh, I didn't want to, you know. Some people are forced to step away; others are not. Yeah. So I just uh, felt like uh, this was the time, you know. And February has always been my reset button. When I would uh, critique everything that had happened, recruiting was done, and say, "Okay, what are we going to do now?" Yeah. So, uh, at that point, uh, we sat down as a family and made this decision. Nice, nice. So, but yeah, so that's the deal. You know, it, it, it's a tiny example, but I comparatively, of course. But I remember when Bishop Carl called and asked, or uh, Bishop Earl, excuse me, called and asked if I would be willing to leave Lansing Catholic. Yeah. And and it had just, I had just sat with a couple priests and I said, you know, I'm losing the ability <clears throat> to communicate with high schoolers, mm -hmm. right? That, it, 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 to me, it's always been generational. You know, you've got Generation X, you got this and that, but man, generations anymore are like two years. Humans yeah. change so much. And I looked at what I had left in me for that age group. And I just, I said, I have to love them enough to say, you know, you need someone younger. You need someone yeah. new. And again, I know, I, I don't know if that's, uh, but at least that's well, what Well, there's been so much heart. change that has taken place. And you know, when I, when I came to Michigan State, Twitter didn't exist. Yeah. There was no social media. If yeah. you can, you know, 2007 and... You know, I ventured into that in 2014. I remember my coaches said, "You got to get on Twitter." Yeah. And uh, so, and then there's been change from there. So yeah. I think that I, I can identify with that. You know, and and while you, um, well, young people never truly change. Yeah. There is change in their <coughs> the way they develop, maybe, or they, yeah. they because of the modern societies. A lot of data. Yeah. A lot of data. Um, so, uh, how'd you meet Becky? How'd you meet your beloved? 
Well, that one year I was at Akron, um, okay. I met Becky um, out, like most people, and uh, and then um, we saw each other a little bit, dated a little bit, and then I went to Youngstown State. She was actually a salesperson for a, a tile corporation. She always tells me she was a woman in construction, <laughs> you know. But um, and uh, so she would have Youngstown as part of her territory. So we started okay. having lunch together every now and then, and I'd sneak away for 15 minutes for lunch, and and. Uh, and then that sort of led to to dating her, and we dated for a couple of years, and then got married in 1990. Nice. So 30 years this year. Nice, nice. So she was five when you guys got married. Is yeah. That, yeah. Okay. Uh, just I just wanted that on the record. You well, know, we don't want that on the record. She might be watching. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> um, and did you know, like, when did you know, like, you were like, man, if I can convince this woman to marry me, do, do you have a specific? You know, moment? she lured me in. She she did. She just kept the hook. Well, yeah, she just kept setting that hook a little bit every, and then it finally got to a point where I t I told her all my life story and all my my because we really became very very, you know, obviously early on there was a different side of it, but then we became very very good friends. Yeah, and I told her everything. Yeah, and um, and then uh, then I started then I yeah, I felt like I need her in my life for good. Nice, so nice. She's a good lady. Uh, uh, here's a crazy one. How many cities have you lived in? Well, I sort of went through it, but, uh, yeah. you know, I've lived in, I guess, El Paso, Zanesville. Um, growing up, I was, I guess, was in Columbia, South Carolina, you'd call that living there. And then I was in Athens, Ohio. Mm -hmm. I was in Anderson, South Carolina, then Ath Athens, Ohio, and then uh, from there to West Lafayette, from there out to El Dorado, Kansas, which is a little place, a couple of stoplights yeah. near Wichita. And then uh, from there, I bounced uh, to Ohio State, so Columbus, Ohio, then Akron, Youngstown, uh, Lawrence, Kansas, East Lansing, Columbus again, Cincinnati, back to East Lansing. That's like four, I counted. Yeah, yeah, that's, 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 yeah but uh, for a coach, really, I've spent a lot of, you know, pr pretty good other than the early part of my time, you know, I, I had some stability. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, at least four years in, in, um, or at least three or four years in, you know, five or six places. But 13 sure. years being in one place is, yeah. it's, it's, all, it's almost unheard of. I was the seventh, I think I had the seventh longest tenure maybe in, uh, in the country. I was the seventh oldest head coach at 64. No. No. Wow, I retired. So you know, you you forget about that. Sure. And uh, and I want him to forget about that. <laughs> but uh, uh, well, Joe Paterno coached, I think, eight hundred and sixty years. If yeah, I remember right. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I, uh, yeah, I've, I've been around a little bit. But I, but at the same time, my girls were able to come to East Lansing, yeah. go through through high school at Lansing Catholic. Um, they both went to St. Martha's early on. Yeah. Go to, to uh, uh, Lauren came back to St. Martha's, then go to uh, Lansing Catholic, and then come to Michigan State and uh, and graduate from there. So they had their their years of, of really uh, development as an adolescent yes. and a high schooler in one place. And that was very important to us. To us, and then prior to that, they'd spent some time in Columbus and Cincinnati. So they really hadn't had to move all that much yeah. compared to some of the other oh, sure. families and coaches. Nice. Oh, do you have one city that was your favorite? 
Yeah, he slants. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's actually going I, green. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know if you're familiar with this, but that's actually Jesus' favorite city yeah. as well. Yeah, it's in the Bible. Um, don't look it up. Uh, speaking of Bible, favorite book besides? I think uh, I think uh, the book of uh, Jacob. Which one? I think uh, Joshua. Oh, Joshua in the Bible. Your favorite yeah. book in the Bible is Joshua. Oh, yeah. Oh, favorite I'm book. Favorite yeah, book. favorite, I favorite started reading, book besides the Bible. I started reading... Um, Love Joshua, by the way. I started reading uh, Killing Jesus. My wife got me Killing Jesus. And, and basically, I went through all of them. Okay. Killing Kennedy, Killing... Yeah. You know, all of them. I think there were six of them. And I found, found those books to be fascinating. And uh, I've read some other stuff, leadership books um, for book for football and in a leadership point away and I'd always carry that forward and, uh, so I thought that was a positive but uh, I probably need to do a little bit more reading in terms of just for enjoyment but sure. uh, I, I love the, the uh, those those books all yeah those are amazing yeah, historical yeah. books I, I you know and I should get yeah I, I got to remember I've got a few to throw at you like a few like historical yeah. uh, good stuff um, I read I, Unbroken I thought that was a great book. Oh, uh, Prisoner of War, Japanese, uh, World War II. World yeah, II. and then an Olympian, if yes. I remember. Yeah, okay, yes. nice. Boy, I, that's been a while. Yeah, it's yeah. Been a nice. Well, it's been a while since World War II. Yeah. <laughs> Math is my strong suit. You know, 20% of the time, it's my favorite. So, uh, okay, how about your favorite movie? Do you have a favorite movie? Favorite movie? I've watched a lot of those, so I'm not, you know, yeah. favorite movie. Maybe Gladiator. Yeah, Gladiator's a good movie. Oh, you know what i got to get you to watch is Firefly. 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 Uh, Joss Whedon, great movie. Um, and I, I always think every football coach should watch that. Okay. But I never told you that kind of stuff when you were coaching, because the last thing you needed was one more person telling you how to do your job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did offer, at one point, some pretty key insights to you, though. I, you know, I remember, we got to score on offense things like that. Yeah. Those kind of insights, you know, years of, of watching football. I, I don't want to brag. Well, it's, yeah. Yeah. It could be as elementary as you want it to be. Yeah. I actually <laughs> told Tom Mizzo during a game one time, we've got to stop him on D. I, yeah. yeah. Got to make your free really throws. Yeah. yeah. So I, I felt pretty good. I don't want to say I'm directly responsible for some of those wins, but. Uh, okay. What's your favorite? So you said Joshua, and I do remember that. Uh, when I first met you, that that um, I I had made a whole anyway. Josh was your guy, yeah. And uh, for those of you not familiar, if you uh, walk through the Book of Exodus, there's this Moses generation and a very surly, stubborn, angry people who kept ticking God off and paying for it. And when the when the Moses uh, died. Joshua took over and that generation never failed the Lord. That's what I love about it. Like you could almost see that they saw their parents and were like, oh, hell no, you know. Uh, and just when the Lord said, go, they went. And that was Joshua. And he was, I, I let God's first speech to him, be strong and courageous, be strong. And, you know, over and over, he keeps saying that to him. And it's rough. That's a spicy meatball. Um, so uh, do you have a favorite thing about being Catholic? You know, I think that uh, for me, because I have lived in different areas, sure. you know, I've grown up in one place the entire life, and so I've not been in one particular church. Sure. 
you know, I think the consistency yeah. of being able to, to go to a Catholic church and uh, and it, it wasn't always about the, the priest who was who was in charge. It was about okay, this is the mass and this is what the mass exists yeah. uh, encompasses. And so that to me was uh, was important that I felt like I could always find um, God in in that in that church whatever yeah. wherever I went whenever I went. Um, so I would say the consistency, like Nick Saban would say, consistency and performance. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, and ritual is so soothing. You know what I mean? It, it's it's uh, again, it's one of those that, to me the genius of Catholicism truly is that it treats the human, like I said, a body-soul unity, right? A church is a feast for the eyes and the body as well as the soul. And and nothing can soothe the mind like ritual, yeah. you know? Um, well, I sort of felt like, you know, when I'd go with my wife Becky and she says, you know, I really didn't like, like that priest this time, you know, I didn't yeah. really like what he had to say. Yeah. I wasn't talking about you. But, uh, you know, what I would always come back with is, is it's not about the priest. Yeah. He makes it better or he makes it, the message is strong, but it's not about that. Yes. It's about um, the sacraments of, of going yeah. to church and it's about the consistency of what's and so, while some may see it as a ritual, I sort of always felt like it was consistent, and it gave me uh, a sense of peace whenever I left the church. Yeah, and in my defense, by the way, I was drunk. Yeah, you know, uh, let me... these are the kind of things. You know what I mean? Like everyone. You can do that on a podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we were going to edit it out, but we don't know how to do that. So, uh, okay. Do you have a favorite saint? Um. St. Teresa? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's Teresa, uh, the little flower, and then there's Teresa of Avila. Do you do anything in particular? Do you remember? Mother I can Teresa. Help. Mother, oh, Mother Teresa. Oh, that's not fair. Yeah, <laughs> she's awesome. You know, uh, I got to meet her. Did you ever meet her? No. Oh, well, I did. You did? <laughs> yeah, I got to meet her. I, I got shoved. Out, she shoved me out of the way trying to get communion from the Pope. Really? And I consider that meeting her. Yeah. Don't you? I mean, she I gave me a, how you doing? No, she did. That's a true story. And I even got a, scusi. She said it in Italian, which I, I she's what, what is she, Albanian? Yeah. But she said it in Italian. Scusi. And isn't she like this Ow. tall? Huh? Isn't she like she's this tall. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I had a buddy who worked with her, and T Father Tim McDonald. Okay. And he said she was just the toughest woman God ever made. <laughs> and he said, I, he goes in for his morning prayer, and they have this chapel, and she brings in this bucket, a mop bucket. Were you there when you told the story? No. She flipped it upside down and that's what she sat on. And did a two hour prayer time. Hmm. Just sitting on this mop bucket. And she was 900 years old at that point. Uh, but yeah, oh, she's so cool. Yeah, and I got shoved out of the way. I don't and, know. and you know, the thing that I took from her would be, and I'm not sure how she said it exactly, but, but that, and I would say this to our, to our coaches and to our, our our football team on occasion at a team meeting, you know, just that, you know, be kind because everybody is, is, fighting. everybody's fighting their own fights. Yep. Everybody's got problems going on that you have no idea what they're yes. dealing with. And when you stand in front of a hundred and probably about 150 people with coaches and players and et cetera, every single day, which we did, we'd have a five minute team meeting every day just yeah. to set the tone. You know, I often wondered, okay, what are what's everybody experiencing today? Mm -hmm. I mean, who had this happen in their families? I, re I remember Amp Campbell 
who played for me back in uh, the late 90s, uh, All-American player. And um, I don't know if you remember, but he broke his neck and then came back and played oh, yeah. and scooped the ball against Oregon in 99 yeah. and won the game and all that kind of stuff. But Amp was was beside himself during stretch. And I, I said, what's wrong? And he goes, nothing. And I, I asked him about three times, what's, what's the problem, what's going on? And, uh, and as he told me, and he says, you know, my house is burning down right now, back home in Florida. My I God. said, right now? He goes, yeah, right now. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that, there are so many people out there that have needs that we don't understand and they're going through things. And I just always kept that in mind as I would stand up there because football is just a vehicle to get, it's, a, it's entertainment. Yes. And Jim Tressel used to say, as Pat Riley would always say, you know, it's, it's entertainment. That's what you're trying to do, you know. Hey, if you win, everybody's happy. I know that. But at the end of it, they want they want to see great plays and emotion. And, yeah. You know, people come to watch. And little giants. Yeah. So. Yeah. So along the way, you know, they're, everybody's, you know, dealing with their own problems. It, it, that I took was that from Mother Teresa. I just thought that yeah. it it was uh, pretty important to, to always recognize that. And you know what's extraordinary? I, if you know this, shut me down. But she, in her biography, what what was kind of revealed after she died was she hadn't felt or sensed the presence of the Lord the last seven years of her life. Hmm. And she was going all on conviction and discipline. And you never would have known it, right? With that perpetual smile, with that perpetual uh, <clears throat> sacrifice, you know, and my buddy who worked with her said, no kidding, she worked 20 hours a day feeding the poor. Mm-hmm. And, and he told a story about at one point, they had spent the whole day feeding people, literally. And at the end of the day, he went up and he looked and the crowd was already <clears throat> forming for the next morning, <clears throat> right? People were setting up little like blankets to hide under so they could be closer to the front the next day. And he said, I just started bawling, right? He's so much need. And she said to him when she, she she approached him she saw him he's a good guy and she asked him why he was crying and he said we'll feed them tomorrow and they'll be hungry again and they're all gonna die right they're dirt poor they're sick and uh she he said she she kind of patted him and said our goal is fidelity not success mm. and um boy that was a cowboy up speech for him and he said she just said it so gently but so firmly our goal is fidelity not success and uh, wow you know she was something she was something Ah. so uh, let's see if you could convince every kid you ever coached of one thing what would it be sooner or later you'll grow up yeah I think that as a coach uh you see growth. You see growth. It's tremendous growth in young people at a time when they come in they're 18, and you you say, "Okay, we're going to jog across the field in their first practice," and they sprint across the field because they're so excited. Yeah. And as the seniors, they say, "Hey, slow down. Just take it easy. We'll jog." <laughs> but uh, I think that you see growth in people, and um, and that's that's the great thing about coaching that you're a part of that growth. You're not the ultimate part of that growth but you watch them grow as, as individuals and sometimes they find their way when they're done with football and you know it might take 10 years out of out of college um, but people probably go in cycles like this mm-hmm. but 
the growth and being able to master something, you know, yeah. being able to uh, learn something, regardless, regardless of what that is over the course of four or five years and you having been a part of that and a part of that growth, just a part, but pretty significant part, but a part of it. Yeah. And as I look back at myself and my, and how I grew up, you know, um, you know, coaches had a lot to do with that. You know, I started, I remember my second grade coach, my third grade coach. And I remember my junior high coach, my high school coach. My high school coach, I don't know if you saw him, he always came around with, he had a big stick he walked with. Yeah. That's my high school coach. Oh, get he out still of here. comes to games. Oh my gosh. So this is his first games. He's not coming to, to oh. as well. He's still, he's still going. Yeah. But, uh, you know, those, those type of things I think are, uh, or why you coach at the, at the end of it, it you, know, you enjoy the X's and O's you enjoy the techniques and the fundamentals and the competitiveness of the games and all that kind of stuff and especially the practices and the yeah. preparation but you enjoy the interactions with young people I think yeah. that's what that's really ultimately what what uh, keeps you in the game and yes as I said it's 41 years that's crazy 41 years straight so you know it's time to take a step back and look at it yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I I don't know if you can answer this, but I'm going to throw it out there. Do you have a favorite Big Ten team that is not MSU? Absolutely. Can I ask? Oh, it's Ohio State. Okay, Ohio State. <laughs> okay, there we figured, but I wanted yeah. to check. You know. Uh, okay. Yeah, you uh, know, I was very, you know, I was 60 miles from where I grew up, but, but. Uh, you know, I was a graduate assistant there, and really everything that happened after that was as a result of being at Ohio State. Sure. The people that hired me. Nick Saban was an Ohio State guy at one point. You know, Glenn Mason of Kansas, Jim Tressel. You know, um, all these people had an Ohio State connection. But then as I got there and I saw the, saw the, you know, and I'm walking over, you know, and I meet Woody Hayes. Yeah. Holy crap. And, uh, yeah. You know, I met him like think, three times, and you know, I worked for Earl Bruce, and you know, staying there, getting ready. I was a graduate assistant, getting ready to go to the Rose Bowl, and we're waiting for the buses to come up. We're outside the hotel in Pasadena. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'd gotten to know Archie Griffin because she got to know my my mother. Oh my gosh! Okay. Okay. We worked for the Civil Service Commission in Zanesville. Anyway, long story. That Archie Griffin. No, my mom. Oh, but I mean, Archie Griffin knew through my your mom. mom. My gosh. So I brought that up, you know, so we're talking, you know, cause, so I'd got to know him a little bit, so we're talking, and uh, Woody Hayes walks up <laughs> and starts talking to Archie, not me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then Earl Bruce walked up. So I'm standing there, I'm like, they're all three talking, I'm standing right there, you know, uh, sort of like this. And so I just took a step back, a couple yeah. step backs, and, uh, but it was a unique experience, and a lot of the players that I had met, I former players that I had gotten to know yeah. just following them. So Ohio State's the second yeah. second team. Mine's Northwestern. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I have no idea why. Yeah. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald, great guy. I think so. Great I guy. do. I don't know I'm if you great remember. great success this year. You introduced me to him. It was the game the day after Thanksgiving. Gosh, I don't know how many yeah. years ago. And, uh, and you just said he's a class act. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, it was a that was a cool thing, and I I don't know they to me they're not supposed to be good, and they are, you know, and that's that's I always like uh, underdogs. I do, and for some reason in my head they're perpetual underdogs. I don't know what yeah, that is. Yeah, they play Michigan State this weekend. So yeah, I know. Be, uh, 
Yeah. Big game. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, well, anyway, funny story. But, okay, so, uh, how about, do, do we, how are we doing? Oh, we're good. Okay. What are your hobbies? Well, I'm working on some of those. Sure. You know, pretty much football was, was, uh, we wouldn't call it a hobby, but it took up a lot of our time. And then after that, I just like being with my family. But, uh, I like going to the lake. I got a dog, I got a dog, you know, yeah. so, um, so my wife says, hey, you need a dog. I said, okay, we'll get another one. Because we already had two. So yeah. we've got three dogs now. But, uh, um, you know, shot skeet for the first time a little bit the other day. And, uh, you know, went fly fishing. and uh, Fly you know, fishing. Fly fishing. That's right. You're disciplined. You Disciplined guys can do fly fishing. Well, that's the first time ever. So yeah. I, would say, <laughs> I would say my wife caught more than I did. <laughs> so, but, uh, uh, you know... Uh, what do I like to do? I just, you know, I'm not real, I'm not overcomplicated. Yeah. I probably like what everybody likes to do a little sure. bit. You know, I'll go to some games. I like going to football games now. I found that out. Yeah. Oh, really? So it is a so joy to too. Yeah. Okay. And is it a joy? Do you find, do people leave yeah. you? Do they let you watch? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. I remember we were playing um, Lansing Catholic in hockey. This is one of my favorite stories. Uh, we were playing Chelsea and... Jeff Daniels had a son skating for Chelsea. I think I'm saying Chelsea. It might have been Dexter. I can't remember. But on the announcements, the principal gets on before the game. And he says, look, Jeff Daniels is going to be, he just wants to watch his kid. Everybody leave him alone, right? Just don't, just don't bother him, right? Let the poor man watch his kid play. And then a, a little note even went to the parents saying, just let the man watch his kid play, right? So I'm behind the bench. And we're playing them, and I look, and I was so proud of our little Lansing Catholic family. He he was all alone. He was given a big circle, right? And humans gave him this big gap, and he's just sitting there. And one of our dads was parked right next to him, <laughs> just like gesticulating wildly in the whole first period. I'm watching this dad talking to him about um, Dumb and Dumber is what I found out. Because I just went over, I was like, brah. Leave the guy alone. <laughs> let him watch his kid. I was asking about Dumb and Dumber. I said, you and everybody else, right? I want to ask him about Dumb and Dumber. Good but, movie. Uh, you know, great movie. Uh, but uh, I <laughs> I was thinking that. So, true story. Yeah, I mean, that throughout my time here, you know, come in contact with a lot of people, a lot of good people. Oh, yeah. And people really, uh, you know, they, you know, when they've seen me, they've reached out. Um, and uh, it's been... Uh, it was very rewarding. I think a lot of Spartans out there and thank oh, them yeah. for always being kind and being, you know, making it making it special. Yeah. Well, and that that was the first thing I learned as a Spartan, right? Uh, what was your first year? Oh, seven? Oh, nine. Seven. seven. So, oh, seven was the first time I put on an MSU shirt, right? Yeah. And I had uncles who taught there, right? Uh, so, it wasn't alien to me. It was just... So I put on my Spartan shirt, and I never knew this, right, because I'd wear the other stuff. Spartans, if they see a green and white, they'll say something. Go green. Right? I, and it, it's kind of funny. Uh, you, you don't get that with the other one, because I think most, well, I was about to make a derogatory comment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you get that. I get, you get the go blues, though, too, sometimes. So. Yeah, they don't mean that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, odds are they didn't go there. So, uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> Now, you ready for a speed round? 
Sure. Okay, so these are like, we'll give you two options. It's just whichever one you prefer. Okay. okay. All right. And and there's no sense to this, except you need to remember I'm, I'm, I'm a redneck, so I made okay. these. Yeah. Okay. All right. Car or truck? Truck. Italian or Mexican? Italian. Steak or fish? Fish. Baseball or soccer? Baseball. Basketball or baseball? Basketball. Okay, now we're not friends. Uh, Chevy or Ford? Ford. Oh, man. Movie or book? Probably movie. Fishing or hunting? Fish. Sunrise or sunset? That's weird. Sunset. Alaska or Florida? Florida. U of M or Satan? I was thinking of Winston Churchill, right? When they said, uh, there was this great question somebody asked him, if Hitler invades France, who are you going to side with? And who, will, who would you side with? And he said, if Hitler invaded hell, I'd wear red. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so let's see. Carrie, do... Uh, we have some questions about the top. We do. Do you want to see if uh, you want to sure. try some... Um, sure. All right. I got to... You know what I got to do now, right? Get the old glasses. <laughs> I got old. All right. So, need coaches' opinion... Oh, all right. People are looking for your opinion on shave it or save it. You can't hurt uh, my I'd feelings. Say shave it. Shave it? Okay. Are you jealous of the braids? Okay, that's not yeah, very much. Yeah, I understand. But you've got hair up top. This went away um, in 2000. Okay. Okay. Uh, have you ever considered writing a book? Uh, yeah, a, a little bit, yeah. Okay. I have. I think that'd be cool. I have. I think there's a time, you know, what, what's happened right now for me is, you know, I'm just trying to get my feet on the ground, you know, yeah. in, in terms of, uh, um, okay, you're done coaching, what's next a little bit, and then really organizationally and doing some things that I haven't done. Yeah. You know, but uh, when I say organizationally, I have all this stuff. Yeah. I have a lot of stuff. Yeah. I brought you stuff. Yeah. Sure, but. Sure. Uh, you can if you want, but uh, but I have a lot of stuff that uh, you know I need to go through and, and yeah. sort of you know just get myself organized a little bit. I get you. But uh, you know, writing a book to me would be something um, that's uh, going to take a little time. Yeah, yeah. Your office. All of a sudden, I just saw it in my head. Sweet Lord, uh, you, you had some stuff in there. I had some stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there's been some stuff given to me that I've so I'm like, okay, got to go through this box, go through that box. So I've taken my time and. Because there's a lot of memories there. And you have, we have, uh, do you still have this one that I gave you, the rosary like this? Yes. Yes, yeah. That's, uh, I put medals on mine. But I, I like this one because you can't break it. And uh, and by the way, this rosary, I, th I don't know if I told you this, I believe this one, the, the, the Peach Bowl. Was that the three overtime one? Was that the Peach Bowl? Outback Bowl. Was that Outback Bowl where we played Georgia? Yeah, Georgia was, Peaches, though. So. Yeah, there we go. I just, I don't know if you know this, that was the, that was her maiden voyage. And okay. uh, beginning of the third time, I started dragging Mama into it. I try to keep her out of football. <laughs> I figure she's got things to do, but, uh, okay. So, um, I don't know if you're aware, but on the show, I uh, teach the truth of the faith, right? That Jesus went to MSU. 
And this person uh, says, we know Jesus went to MSU, yet God's people on both sides of the stadium are praying for a win. What do you think about the role of prayer in winning? I th the rule of prayer the in regards to winning? Yeah. The role of it? The role of prayer. I think that you ask God for anything, he tries to deliver. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything wrong with praying um, in the midst of a game, yeah. before a game certainly. Um, there's been so many different, you know, so many different things in the in the Bible that have sort of, you know, in James you talk about per persistence and, yeah. you know, um, you know, the Book of Esther is very, very, oh yeah, important to to us and to our family and uh, you know for such a time as this, yeah. I really felt like I was brought to Michigan State for such a time as this. There's, we even have a dog named Esther. That's right. <laughs> because my wife was, you know. Our family was going through some different things with uh, her, her dad having cancer, and she lost her sister mm -hmm. um, to cancer, and uh, she was in a bad place with everything. And so we got her puppy, we named Esther. Yeah. But um, I love Esther. You know, stand firm, and um, you know what Moses had said: "Stand firm, and you will see the." Go ahead. Sorry. Stand firm, and you will see the uh, glory of God. Glory to God, yeah. Nice. I wasn't sure. No. Yeah. I was thinking of Esther. Where Stand firm, you will see the deliverance, deliver, the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Okay. Uh, All right. I was fight thinking Fight for you. Esther. You can only be still. You know, a lot of things going on. Um, but I, I think in terms of that question, absolutely. If you don't think 75 or 100,000 people in the stands won't help you pray. Yeah. You're praying. Yeah. If you have faith, you're praying throughout a football game as you go. At least yeah. I did. And since MSU is where Jesus went to school, I just assume we have the advantage in terms of prayer. You Hopefully. Know? Yeah. Um, what is more fun, being a coach or being a grandpa? Being a grandpa, yeah. not quite as pressure. Yeah, I'll bet, I'll bet, good Lord. All right, what's more important, the confidence of winning or learning to handle losing? I think uh, I think is both equally important, um, but I will say the ability to handle defeat is extremely important in your development. Yes, as a young person, and, and even as a person throughout his life, but as a young person especially, you need to be able to handle failure. Yes, um, before you can uh, uh, really climb the mountaintops. Yes, you really have to. If you can't do that, because ultimately you are going to fail yeah. at something. Somebody's going to be better than you. Um, something's going to happen that's going to take you downward, and you've got to be able to handle the lows yeah. with the highs. As a man of great faith, I wonder how you manage to impart those values to players without being preachy. You know, I've, I've tried to let people, so many of our players came to Michigan State with a sense of faith. And mm -hmm. my goal was always to provide an avenue or vehicle where they would not lose their faith. Yeah. In, in a time when they're away from home for the first time and uh, you know with all the temptations of of college life you know was there going to be any place for them to go to try and hold on to their faith and so it was completely um, at their we, we create an avenue mm -hmm. and I am who I am yes but you know I didn't push that on anybody and uh, when I got there I made Amazingly, Justin Kershaw came to me when I got there, and um, first got there in 07, 
said, are we still going to say the word? And I was like, he just out of the blue, I said, what are you, what are you talking about? Are we still going to pray after practice? And I said, yeah, if you want to pray after practice, we can pray after practice. And, you know, that's something that you guys can do. And, uh, and so I would just sort of stay off by the side and with them. And so it was, uh, it was an opportunity for people to, to continue to grow in their faith. And um, I just tried to stay out of their way and make it accessible and provide an opportunity for athletes in action to, to have uh, a space and, and to do the different things that I could do. Um, but at the same time, live my faith according to what I felt. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if that answers the question. They did. Absolutely. And and if if you don't mind, as someone who watched, right, I was uh I was there a lot. And I I think more than anything you in a positive way have a energy around you that says a lot without you talking. And and I know that sounds like a funny thing to say, but uh, a lot of the players expressed to me, uh, and in public, or I wouldn't say that, right, in a, in a group of humans, they just didn't want to let you down. That uh, I, I think you're, you know, and this is the word I always use with you in my heart, is integrity. You're just a, a man who wants to do the right thing in the right way for the right reason. And, you know, virtue is one of those things where one out of three don't cut it. it it's got to be three for three. The right thing at the right time for the right reason, and uh, uh, I, I think for whatever that's worth, as a guy who watched, that's what well, I, I would say. tell him the truth. Yeah, and um, I don't want to presume anything because everybody has it. It's just can they find it? But I felt the Holy Spirit in me a lot. Me too. Yeah, and um, so I would try, and I, I felt like I would. Lucas, you know, and again, I go back to what I said that so many different people in our football team are, have have problems or situations that go beyond football that they're dealing with, and yeah. um, it's very important that that they see me as somebody who can help them in that area as much as I can as a football player. Yes, and um, so you can you can wear both hats, and you know, be kind. Everybody's mm -hmm. fighting a good fight. Be strong. Yeah. Be convicted. Stay focused. Stay consistent. I've talked a lot. I tell my two daughters growing up, you know, and I would tell her players, you know, if you have discipline and if you are mature, you're going to be successful. So okay. discipline and maturity are two aspects that you need to learn and be able to, to handle it at the different levels of your life. Yeah. And that's what we've tried to do. Nice. All right. Two more questions if you're up okay. for it. Yeah, sure. Okay. This one I don't know if you can answer, but your favorite MSU game. And I've just, we've had some good ones. Yeah, yeah. My favorite one uh, might be, uh, you know, obviously, you know, the Michigan ones were big. Yeah. Uh, the Iowa game was huge. The Ohio State game, championship game was huge. Um, the Holiday Bowl, because we bounced back. Yeah. And I think the thing that I always try to talk about is that you need to bounce back. You need when when you're down, can you recover? Can you get back up on top? Can you survive? Can you march forward? Can you stay focused? Can you keep pushing through things? And you know that that season we rebounded from a tough season the year before and yeah. a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, 
The one thing about a coach is you can control some things, but there's a lot of things that are completely out of control on the field and off the field. Yeah. Um, but um, bouncing back and winning 10 games that year was a uh, was a, a point of focus. And but uh, you know we've had some great games, you know, yeah. great games, and um, some are hard to explain. Oh yeah. But we won a lot of football games, and we won a lot of close games. Lost some close ones too, so yeah. it goes both ways. But but I don't know. Yeah. I would say, what's yours to that person? Yeah, yeah. There you go. You know, uh, I gotta tell you, uh, and I I can't remember if I told you because I I was trying to be careful, right, not to be another one of those but uh the i wasn't with you at the time i i had been reassigned but uh the he has trouble with the snap game yeah <laughs> do you know that was my mom's last game it Did was you know that yeah and she she lost the ability to talk and you know yeah, again she's very childlike and all but uh i went over and i whispered in her ear holy crap ma we won because uh, I had just told her we lost, <laughs> right? I did. I went you over. Says, oh, I know. <laughs> I says, I says, mom. I says we we fought hard, you know. Uh, but it looks like we're gonna lose. And then thirty seconds later, uh, I, I and again, knowing she couldn't hear or understand or anything, she smiled. She straight up smiled, and and uh, I was so um, trying to explain to people. Mm. Athletics that you love are a gift. It's a gift you give the country. It's a gift you give the state. It's a gift you give the MSU grads. Win, lose, or draw. Just that we're in the fight, and there's such a joy, you know. And and those moments were literally, there was no way. Um, and uh, um, I think the next week we lost to Nebraska. Is that right? Does that sound right to you? I, I can't remember, Joe. Yeah. I know that one way or the other, you know, where we where we hit Nebraska and then and then maybe beat Michigan and then okay maybe we went to Rutgers and then beat Michigan and then played Ohio State. Yeah, I just know our next game like we that. lost, and I joked that that's because it was the first time Ma wasn't praying on earth. Yeah. She's a little busy in heaven, kind of getting acclimated, you know. Uh, but um, my God, that yeah. is just you so know you know I was on the bus. I don't know if we have time to say this. Yeah, rocket. I, I was I was on the bus the night before. You know, they came out of their little team meeting and they were they were hyped. Yeah. And so the next morning, you know, I think it was an earlier game. Mm -hmm. We were on the way to uh, the stadium at Michigan, and uh, I was like, well, we got to get that buzz back. We got to get that hype back. So I was like, I don't know, what am I supposed to do? So I I um, as we pulled up because it's always a pretty emotional when we pull up everybody's screaming at you yelling at you at Michigan oh, yeah. Stadium as you get off the bus oh yeah it's a good feel <laughs> anyway um, they still do that just walking around but, <laughs> but um, I, I said nobody gets off the bus until I tell them to so it was just like a uh, just like a uh, you know a dead bus yeah you know and I so I stood up and I counted to, counted to ten I said, I want you to think about you and get the last 10 seconds of the game. What's it going to be like? Where are we going to be? What's going to happen? Wow. And, uh, but you got to get these 10 seconds back. Yeah. And so I counted to 10, and then we got off the bus. How about that? And then the last 10 seconds came. And I didn't make the correlation at the time. Yeah. 
but the last 10 seconds occurred, that's something we never practiced. We'd never practiced it. I just said, hey, come off the edges. Don't put a guy back. Give him one more and they got a block. And, you know, the rest of it just happened. And um, you can say that's coaching or you can say that's, that's provincial. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's something that I'll, you know, I'll forever hang on. Me too. <laughs> hang on to. And there's just some things that I, I can't explain. And since I'm here talking to you, I can say these things. But yeah. there's some things as we got ready for the Big Ten Championship game versus Ohio State and Harlan Barnett's doing the chapel and I'm sitting off to the side and he's talking about the Holy Spirit and uh, and as he's talking I see a little smoke come out of his mouth I'm just mm. and I'm not exaggerating no I'm and uh, so there there are just some things that that I've seen happen that uh, are hard to explain yeah very hard to explain so you know but uh, it's been a blessing to be at Michigan State yeah and, and I always appreciate and value that blessing it's uh, I just if I think I texted you when it happened, but it was I don't know it wasn't too long ago. Dad and I were driving through East Lansing, and I said, "Well, let's go see Mark." Mm-hmm. And and it was so funny. We go to pull in. I'm like, "Holy crap, he's not here!" Right? He, he had retired. Yeah. And I think I texted you, and I'm like, "This is weird." I, you know, I, I could. It was just such a, a thing. You, you you know, you were a. a you were a rock for us and uh, for so many that you'll never meet till heaven, you know. And I, I know every once in a while you'd say to me, it's just football. And I, I know, but it's more too. And uh, so we're ready for Well, it's the, a gift. Yeah. It's a gift because you, it's a blessing. It's a gift because you, you have an opportunity to impact a lot of people. Yeah. And you can take that opportunity and, and work for the good or you can say, hey, I'm just going to be a coach. Yeah. And I try to do my best. Ready for the final question? Final question. Is it over? No, it's never over. But, Greatest uh, line ever. <laughs> never over. Well, we're some things are, some things are never over. Yeah. Well, we're so grateful for you coming, brother, well, and uh, we, we all love you. And we're praying for you. Thanks and, for all you've done for my family, and, uh, uh, for our players, and when I say my family, that's everybody—not just my immediate family, but my extended family, my brothers, okay. my in-laws. Uh, my players, um, some of our administration, uh, some of the people that would come to the game that didn't know you, that like my coach, um, and some different people like that. You've always been, uh, uh, you've always been a rock for us, and I appreciate Thanks, that very, very much. I'm honored. God bless. God bless you. So uh, thank you for being here. God bless you today. And good fun. Yeah, good times, eh? And uh, we'll keep you updated on the Shave It or Save It campaign. Uh, but uh, if I, if I, do you mind if I say about the studio? Is that all right? Sure. Okay. So I just want to let you know we're building a studio, and it's because of Coach um, and uh, and uh, some others who uh, went in, and and I'm really grateful for that, and it'll help people see my delicate floweriness. Uh, my chiseled abs, my uh, savage good looks. These are all, we, we just say the money maker. That's yeah. what we call this in the yeah. uh, show business. Show business, you know. What can I say? It's uh, God's gift to me and to the world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're so grateful for you all tuning in. And don't forget, pop in next Wednesday. We'll be here at noon and we're going to talk about, uh, what are we talking about? Indulgences and saints and uh, all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, But thank you for tuning in, everybody, and have a beautiful, blessed Thanksgiving. We'll see you next week.